Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off whatever we want to do. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Yeah, so Cody, as usual, how are you doing? What have you been into recently? I'm doing fine. And uh, <laughs> recently what I've been into... Recently, we're not going to talk about Elder Ring for a third week in a row. <laughs> I would like to, but that's okay. What, well, really, I haven't played a ton of Elden Ring recently... Because this thing happened, which is, okay, so I stream sometimes with a friend. We yeah. call our show Aggressively Irrelevant. It's oh, a great you're name playing Elder Ring for on a that great now. show. No, but what I am playing is all of the SimCity games, which means I had to find a way to play all of the SimCity games. And here's what I've discovered about all the SimCity games. I love all of them. And all I, I want to do... I was not expecting that is play sim city really i love sim city i was yeah. i was expecting you to be like oh they're really bad actually like you do no. with like 90 percent of the things you play it's interesting because well like kind of but i mean they're super old so you know it's like eh, yeah what are you gonna any, do? any kwama gets this usually is like oh yeah it's because this game came out in the early 90s <laughs> yeah i mean so like the game that we came off of before we started doing this was uh nancy drew that is a bad game that people should feel bad for liking. That just looks like crappy Carmen Sandiego. It, it's not good. It's boring. I hated it. I hated the whole game. Yeah, crappy Carmen Sim Sandiego. SimCity, so far I've played 1 and 2000. SimCity 1 is like, it's a kind of a good game. Like, it definitely has a lot of problems. I love that numbering scheme. SimCity 1, SimCity 2000. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what so about like, the other 1,998? It makes sense because SimCity 2000 came out the year 2000. Okay. The, what's funny then is SimCity 3000, where they're just like, go up by 1,000 ah, now, I guess. Screw it. What if they were like, oh, yeah, it's SimCity like 450. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, But anyways, so... SimCity 1, very limited game. There's not a lot to it. You can, like, experience the full game in an hour, right? SimCity 2000, kind of similar, but you just have a much bigger map, and you can put more stuff, and it's fun. Like, it's an enjoyable game. The progression's really cool. Um, I like that as years go by, you kind of discover some new technology. That's neat. Um, but really, what I find most funny is finding out that these games were not very difficult, and that I was a very stupid child and could yeah, not figure out. Yeah, I'm scared to play them again for that exact reason. Yeah, the the key is in at least SimCity, SimCity 2000 and SimCity 3000 is put industry not right next to, but pretty close to residential. And your city will be fine. And you just keep making it bigger. And like traffic becomes a concern kind of but not really oh you should just do the michigan city and just put a um city around a big smokestack and that will definitely have the morale of everybody <laughs> to see way up and that's well, a real place that exists <laughs> it's just like are you talking about michigan city yes that's where, where the, my brother lives <laughs> yeah where there's a like there's a small city town and mall right next to a giant smokestack sorry steam tower steam well tower. and i will say Welcome to the Rust Belt. That's basically true from Michigan City to East Chicago. <laughs> yeah, so, just put, it, you know. put it right next to a giant Steve's stack. Uh, it looks like a nuclear power plant, but isn't. You go to Lake Station in 
Gary and Hammond and Whiting and freaking everywhere else. It's the exact same thing. You just named a bunch of people. Gary, Hammond, and <laughs> Whiting. Anyways, Those were all the... That's yeah, I, know, the I, I know, Cody. I used to live in Indiana for a little bit. I mean, I grew up Anyways, there, so but what anyways, were you saying? It doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, it's not very complicated, especially like 3,000, you start to get a little bit more nuance, but really it's like very easy not that hard and i'm realizing i think the biggest difference between like i think SimCity 4 is basically the same well so okay this is gonna get weird but so from SimCity 2000 to SimCity 4 i'm pretty sure they're the same game essentially with slightly yeah. updated graphics yeah. and they added features That's usually what the two sim do. cities well so sim city to sim city 2000 yeah. vastly different game sim city 4 to sim city the next one vastly different game and basically i think what they added is extremely important traffic Ugh. management because now it's not just do you have enough roads to connect everything it's like if people can't get there in a reasonable amount of time everyone's mad and traffic will pile up and garbage will pile up and dead people will pile up actual problems that you have and there's like a lot more services you have to manage like as your city grows you have to make sure that there are roads to get ambulances to dead people so they don't rot in the houses that's like a big concern is making sure you way can too realistic get the bodies that. Yeah, no, it's like you're you have a lot more services that you have to manage while also just having your city make a ton of money. Because like in SimCity 2000, the answer is just zone more of the city. You just keep zoning and you'll have so much money. You just keep adding zones and you'll just keep having infinite money. SimCity, the latest one, it's like if you add all that crap, you have to figure out how to manage traffic yeah. to all that crap. Or the city falls apart and ambulances can't get anywhere and everyone starts dying or the police can't get to the criminals and then people move out of the neighborhood and it becomes abandoned. You're like, why? And it's like, crime. Like, yeah, yeah. Where, ah! like, again, so, another thing that happens in real life in the Midwest is where there's just whole towns just completely, whole neighborhoods completely abandoned in like Detroit, Michigan is some areas where it's just there's tons of empty well, houses and just like, yeah, nothing's wrong with these houses, just crime and well, there is something. Well, yeah, it's just a financial yeah. collapse and no yeah, jobs but, nearby. Yeah. Which is why you have to have industry remotely close to your residential, yeah. and but not, not right next to you. Because you don't want to live because under automotive, the especially after 2020, right. falls apart very quickly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Detroit, Detroit yeah, is an automotive town. <laughs> yeah. Well, still yes, is, I think, absolutely but, still yeah. is. But, you know, the whole now there's no cars <laughs> thing that happened in 2020. This <laughs> is like, there, well, not no, yeah. there's no new cars. It was just because like, oh, no one's buying cars, so we're not going to make them. And then that loses people a lot of jobs. Yeah. But uh, so, so far, I love SimCity. Yeah, um, it is weird to play so many different versions of it so close because I like City Skylines as well, which is like the latest SimCity, I think probably is not the best sim city it has the prettiest graphics and it adds some cool features but the map is like tiny it is so easy to fill the entire oh, map of a city completely full um like i've done it multiple times which i've like never like sim city 3000 is huge like your freaking map tile is enormous sim city it's like you have a postage stamp so you really in sim city 2 you're like deleting your oh. own city and remaking it you don't add on you have to like 
if you want a high-rise neighborhood, you have to be deleting houses, you know? Like, you can't do both, because there isn't the yeah. real estate available to get to later game stuff. Well, that's the other thing, too, is a lot of your items are locked to your population, so if you want cooler items, you have to have higher population, which means you really have to pack them in there, you know? <laughs> so you gotta make dense residential, but... But the other thing is that progression from like medium to light to dense residential is also handled totally differently. It's a very fascinating switch. But anyways, my point is I'm enjoying the games. They're fascinating. I like them. It's a cool game. You should also get some of the other, well, just like try, don't like do full playthroughs on them of some of the other games like um, Sim Tower and um, Streets of Sim City. I love Streets Sim of Sim Tower. City, which is completely bull, bull crap, which is that's the one where it's like the racing and shooting <laughs> like car game, like Vigilante 8, but worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. Caitlin had a, a like yeah. collector's pack of sim I think I games, had the same thing. you know. Um, so I think she said one of the ones on there was Sim Ant, and I'm like kind of interested in Sim Ant. I think there might have also been Sim World, um, which is another one that I find kind of fascinating, but you know, aggressively irrelevant games that no one cares about. Yeah. That's what that's what we're doing. It's I mean, it's a fun show. The ones that I catch are pretty fun, so. I don't catch them all. So yeah, uh, I uh, the last one was pretty funny. I accidentally we destroyed her entire city with a disaster, and then I saved it. And I was like, "Well, we're moving on to SimCity 3000." <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh man, this is just Chernobyl. Shoot. Yeah, no, it really was because we did destroy the power plant. <laughs> so I have something I want to talk about, but first, can I just like really quickly talk about something that's like doesn't matter? Yeah. So, so sometimes like, you know, when I'm working at home or when I'm like just talking, hanging out is I'll put like, you know, scenes or clips from like a show or an anime I watch. And so like, I really like the anime berserk. Well, sorry, the manga berserk. And they made the second anime, which is all CG animation. And it is the worst stuff I have ever looked at since reboot. It is like (laughs) that level of just really like everything just looks so bad. And like the art and of, in manga berserk is so good and then this stuff it just looks like bad video game graphics it looks like like playstation 2 like early playstation 3 era video game graphics and it's just so bad the expressions are all just dull and so so yeah you have to be able to like show this on tv and things like that and there is like some nudity and stuff in berserk and you know how they remedy that they just no nipples None. Just no nipples. You know, I have seen that before in animes where they're just like, but what if there aren't nipples? You know, it's just like everyone's a Ken doll. Whole whole scene where the girl's like topless the entire scene, but just no nipples. None at all. Just none. Yep. None. She's walking around. Just... But yeah, so, so, so that's one thing that I don't care about. But the one thing that I have been doing that I do care about, and I know that... There's going to be, you're going to do the, oh, okay thing that you do when I like rant about something I really love. So here we go. Let's get into it. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so like last year, early last year, I read the manga Chainsaw Man. And what that sounds like to most people is just like, okay, this is just another dumb, like hyper violent thing. And like, I held off so long of reading it because I thought the same thing. This is going to be like this dumb, hyper violent, um, super bro-y like shonen anime and what it turned out to be is like one of the more interestingly woven stories told through the eyes of like something that was like hyper violent and like kind of bro-y and 
it had some of the greatest twists that I've seen and some of the greatest writing for characters. And like, you know, like how every anime does like the, oh yeah, they, they're friends and they like, you know, the power of friendship things. And it's never truly believable because it's like, you know that they're friends because they say they're friends. But the thing that Chainsaw Man did is like, oh, actually de- like good jobs of dialogue and developing relationships through a show not tell thing. Not just like, oh, these guys are friends, but they did it the whole way through. And then you see how that affects the ending of the story, which was extremely sad and melancholic, surprisingly. So I ended up falling in love with that artist after that i read his other manga his first one um fire punch which is like this revenge story but yeah it's all dumb names but it's this good name, reven- good it's name. this revenge story where this like guy like like lives in this like post-apocalyptic world and um he has the power to regenerate but what happens to him is his village is attacked and he's lit on fire by this guy whose power is to have this fire that only extinguishes after it completely consumes its fuel so he being regenerative gains the strength to like survive through the burning and like keeps regenerating and wants to get revenge on the guy who lit him on fire and killed his sister. But it doesn't just do your typical revenge story. It does kind of like the last of us two type thing where it shows like the cycle of violence and why this is like such a bad thing. And like truly goes into like what it means, like what, what actual heroism looks like, as opposed to like how it's presented in some of the other animes where we have this guy, like he saves this village and everybody basically like falls in love with him. But then those people who fall in love with him turn that love into like a cult and a religion and like creates this whole different society. It's like some really awesome writing. And it was just one of those that had me gripped. Like I got to like chapter 20 and then I finished it the weekend because it was just so well done. And then this dude, um, I think early, like late last year, releases a one-shot manga called Look Back, which is about like these two like girls who are um, inspiring mangaka and they're like manga writers and their um, journey like in friendship together and has like this you know twist towards the end and things that happen and it was just again some of the best writing. So I I have completely fallen in love with this dude's work so much because it's like. There, there's, and I talk about this a lot on my show, We Belong, my anime show. It's like there is an oversaturation where it comes to manga and, and anime, where it's like there's all this content out there, but like a lot of it is just bad because there's just so many producers of it now, where it's just like you kind of have to sift through. And I got to the point where it's just like, is anime even good? Because like I kept like falling into those traps where I was like, oh, people are like, oh yeah, Demon Slayer is so good. And it's like, eh, it's fine. And it's like, oh yeah, you should read this one. And it's like, well, there's a lot of issues with these works. But finally, like finding a dude who like writes interesting stories, like portrays his female characters not as like sept objects or just fan service, a guy who like has an understanding for like characters and different peoples and different relationships. Like Fire Punch has one of the best portrayals of a trans character that I've ever read in anime. And I just thought it was unique. And then this dude releases another like one shot manga. Cause he, Oh yeah, I'll get back to doing like chainsaw man part two. But first here's another story that I really like really wanted to write. And he releases this another, um, this other manga, like one shot, just 200 page manga. That's it. It's done called goodbye. Eerie. And it, Again, 
knocked my socks off. It's just so good. It's written about this this kid in high school who um, his mom buys him a c- camera and is like, hey, can you film like my last days because she has cancer? It's like film my like last years alive and like film my death and like which is a really effed up thing to ask a kid. And it like follows him do that. But then like when he like puts together the documentary, he ends it with kind of like how some people see like a joke and they're like, dude, what the heck? And it like deals with his like, oh yeah, what was going on with him and why like was he so d- detached? And then also he meets this girl who like they become friends and she's like, oh, well you're going to make a better movie for the school film festival and you're going to show everybody like, you know, that you're not a joke and that you can be a serious like director or whatever. And it was like, goes through their friendship and like the theme through it is like, you get to choose how you remember someone after their death. And just like the way that it's written with their friendship and like the theme of like, Oh yeah, you can choose how you remember someone and like pick the moments rather than remembering the bad. You can choose to look at the good stuff. And like I said, like, Oh yeah, it's really effed up that this guy's mom's like, Hey, film my death. But then like you get like the, Oh, well he did pick the things and his thing that like ended with a joke was just his way of coping with it. And it's just a really freaking good story. And I truly think, like, in anime, he might be the best writer there is right now. Well, and I think that that's true for a lot of, like, just media in general. Like, the nature of how easy it is to find stuff means that you're going to have, like, mass distribution of just a ton of trash. And then you have to kind of find those diamonds in the rough. Because, I I mean, that's true for, like, American cartoons or, like, Western cartoons are the same way. Western movies are absolutely the same way. Yeah. Like... Well, well, that's the thing is, like, where I know that a ton of people, like, start, like, going to different, like, dark darker superhero things because like all the Marvel is this Marvel is the same thing, the same story, the same like lighthearted things, the yeah. same type of clips. And so that's why people like got really into invincible. That's why people got into the boys and stuff because like you want to find something that's not the same thing you read every day. Well, and to me, and I think this is a mistake that sometimes people make when they're looking for culture is mistaking like grim for substant substantial. Grim is to me isn't substance yes. necessarily in its own right. I think that a lot of times something that has more meat to it frequently has to have higher stakes and more pain involved in it. But that's yeah. not always true. And I, I think that that's another thing that's missed is that like Grim Dark doesn't necessarily make something better, which is why I don't particularly care for the boys. Um, or half of the DC movies <laughs> because it's just like, look, we can be edgy. And I'm like, I'm bored still. So I've talked about this before, but this is a thing that does happen is when things that are good, like, you know, the subversions and stuff do a good job. You get people like you get like the corporate and stuff being like, okay, well that sells. Let's make everything be that exact idea. Yeah, right. Right. Well, and I mean, it's. I think that's kind of Christopher Nolan's fault. All right. Well, I'll just say media sucks. <laughs> oh, right. So I think, so sorry, audience, there was a brief break here where Jordan got a phone call. So I think I was saying that it was Christopher Nolan's fault. Yes, that, yes, that like, was what you were saying. Because, and like, the thing is, I like most of those Batmans. Like, I like the Christopher Nolan Batmans. I really like Batman Begins, which I think is the one that everyone hates. 
but I enjoy. Um, but I thought those were good movies, but I think it set the tone for like, grounded, dark superheroes. And yeah. that just kind of became everything. Um, rather than being an interesting take, it was just like, oh boy, here we go again. Another grim, dark Batman. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, um, now every single Batman that ever gets released has to be super dark. And, like, he's called the Dark Knight. I get it. He's suppo- He's got some edge lord baked into it, but it doesn't have to be every single time. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Like, uh, I've, like, watched a lot of very good movies recently, some of which that have come out recently and some of which haven't. And it, it is a thing where you have to find the good ones. There's like a pile of trash. And then occasionally you get like, wow, that was an excellent movie. This was incredibly good. Um, so, you know, it happens. You just have to find those things. And I think the same is absolutely true for anime. There is a lot and a lot of it sucks. Oh, a lot of it's bad. And that was the thing is cause I'm like also like reading another manga at the same time, which it does a like it. I really wanted to read it because I just wanted to like have something like pulpy and dumb to like read on like when I get like small breaks so I can just have like an entertaining dumb thing. But it's not great, and there's a lot of like the tropes that I hate in it with like the fan service and looting of characters, and that's why I like directly pointed out when I read like the um Tatsuki Fujimoto mangas is that like he treats his characters with way more respect than um any other manga does because like he doesn't specifically like loot out his characters for fan service moments like the times when like in chainsaw man where there was like a character specifically being sexy is because they were like specifically manipulating another character with like like using their body to manipulate someone and it's like that's way more respect than some of the other things that i've read and it's really upsetting that like a lot of manga just relies on just disrespecting female characters for likes (laughs) yeah well and i mean again that's like true within media as well as like i don't know i I find there's to be like a lack of sincerity about this when it's like people want to pretend like what they're doing is some like highbrow art and then yeah it's just like oh so this is fan service though kind of awkwardly shoved into the middle of your story yeah and and it happens a lot where like you'll get a story that does get ruined by fan service and it's like, okay, yeah. here we go. But I yeah. mean, that's very true. And, and this is true. like one artist that like his ideas and the way he treats manga itself is it's truly unique. And like the themes and the motifs that he has throughout are just something that I want to constantly be reading. I like it. I love this stuff. Anyways, Cody, what are we doing today? All right. So one of my friends suggested a uh, a topic that I thought would be cute to talk about with you. It is that we remake an existing property into a uh, a fantasy or sci-fi story, something like a classic novel, which I think is a fun idea. And I think the the first chore of this is going to be figuring out what we want to remake into a sci-fi or fantasy so, story. So I do have one that immediately popped to mind, and you're going to veto this immediately because it is very I dumb. Think I probably am because I think it's going to be what someone else has already done, but go ahead. Friends. The series Friends. <laughs> no, never mind. Actually, we're doing that. That I love. <laughs> dude, 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 I dude. love the idea of Friends. Yeah, okay. Well, 
well, I'll tell you the biggest problem with friends is I've never D&D, watched it. But it's friends. also just a D&D campaign if you think about it. If you make friends fantasy, it just becomes a D&D campaign. Well, okay, yeah, but I think that well, are we doing fantasy or sci-fi? Oh, yeah, we should pick that first. Um, let's do fantasy. Nah, okay. let's do, nah. Shoot, I said fantasy and I immediately was like, nah, let's do fa- sci-fi. What do you want to do, Cody? I mean, I kind of want to do um I kind of want to do sci-fi, I'm thinking. Okay, let's do sci-fi. And it doesn't have to be super realistic, you know. It it can be it can be you know, like a, a a Star Wars instead of a Star Trek, but I'm feeling I'm feeling fan or sci-fi. Gosh, I can't speak. I'm sorry. I think it's because you said Star Wars, and Star Wars is kind of fantasy. Like it's sci-fi, but like the themes and like the story are fantasy. Yeah, I mean, at some point, these lines mean nothing. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's like like usually okay. when people think fantasy, they think the well, fantasy and sci-fi, they think. Th- the difference between like um Blade Runner versus Lord of the Rings, like where there's a clear difference between the two, but Star Wars is basically a sci-fi fantasy. So as I said, the main issue is that I don't I don't know anything about We don't have to do friends. We can do literally anything no, else. No, I mean I love the idea of doing friends. I'm starting a document right now. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Oh, should I have it, the um like worksheet open? You know, I have it open and we'll see if we end up using it. All right. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll we can be a little bit more fast and loose with this. What I what I mostly want to do, friends in space, <laughs> is I just want to get the cast down in like general terms. So have you actually watched Friends? Yeah, I watched through all of Friends. So one of them is like a barista, one of them is like the funny guy, the other one's like the smart, pretentious professor guy. Um then so yeah, and then one of them's Monica. I forget what Monica's whole shit was. One of was. them is Monica. I forget what her stick was, but whatever. Oh, and then one of them is like your weird, like hippie person, like weird character, Phoebe. Yeah. So Monica is the one that like she's a hostess that loves hanging out with her friends. She's organized and competitive and emotionally strong. Yeah, sure. Okay, so that's Monica. <laughs> just yeah, let's just look up the Friends characters. Let's just take a, that's a minute out of this podcast yeah. to look up the Friends characters. I don't know any of them. Dude, why are we doing so that? Rachel's... Something that you don't know. Let's do. So, how do you no. know How I Met Your Mother? Because we can just—it's the same thing. No, I really love this idea. But How though. I Met Your Mother is the same thing. Just if you know that show, then you'll know the characters better. Well, the reason I'm doing this is so we can come up with one-for-one sci-fi analogs for these characters. Why did I? Why did I even okay, make a joke? So... I should have made a joke. So Ross is like the nerd. Yeah, he's a nerd, pretentious douchebag. Good person, but a weirdo. And kind of a douchebag. Douche. Who who is like <laughs> in love with Rachel and like the whole series is him trying to get with her. And she's just like, um, how about not? And then finally so they get together. So Chandler's like the, he's goofy, the funny guy. Silly yeah, guy. Chandler's the funny one. And then Joey's the actual like bro. Yeah, the bro idiot guy. Actor. He's an actor. Chandler, funny, idiot, Joe, Joey. Actual idiot. Bro idiot. <laughs> I like how the women have traits like emotionally mature and the men have traits like idiot. Idiot. Oh, and then Phoebe is quirky. Quirky, yep. <laughs> Phoebe. Manic pixie dream girl. Got it. Okay, so that's our cast. Dear, 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 dear. <laughs> Actually, I think Friends in Space is just Futurama. I mean, there's a lot of things that are this, but we're doing our own version of it. (laughs) So you said that, like, the long-term thing (laughs) of the show Friends is Ross and Rachel, like, being a will-they-won't-they? Yes. 
Okay. And perfect. then Monica so and Chandler become a will they won't they and then just get married. Okay. Monica and Chandler. We really are going to end up making Futurama here. The yeah, next, that's like, why I suggested five we do seconds, else, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> Let's just not make it like a space delivery thing. Yeah, right. We'll do something else. So, I want to do okay. like in space, but I also want to do it like be cyberpunk, so they all have cybernetic like <laughs> like enhancements. Oh no! Okay, so this is cyberpunk now. I like that in space though. You could travel through space. Yeah, still in space, but the theming is going to be different because cyberpunk to me has to be somewhat noir and like dark. We're gonna make a dark world, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. I'm getting ideas. So, 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 so there, now... there's a power source in the city that keeps it running, and the way that they power this is by um, taking, like, um, basically channeling the life energy of young children to keep this thing running. So, you want dark? I'm going all the way. <laughs> so, you're fired. <laughs> so, yeah, um... I, I like, I like, see, okay. That was a joke, but I do like the idea of, like, you said dark, but I do like dark and gritty, but it's like this, like, fun friend sitcom. So, like, I do think the power generator needs to be, like, it needs to be, like, a Soylent Green situation where this, like, the main energy and main source of power in this world is humans. But no one really knows that. Oh, I like the idea of it being, like, a, uh, like, a Dune-esque, like, nutrient extraction process. See? Oh, you know what? It's it's gonna be called the... Soul. The soul drive. Oh, the soul geyser. Oh, soul geyser too. That's good. Geyser. And basically what this is, is when someone is near death, like if someone is determined to be near death, they feed their still living self into the soul geyser. Yeah. And it uses their eternal soul to power the cities. Yeah. And I like the idea of it being like a geyser. You throw it in, it, like it shoots this like giant beam of energy yeah, that spreads like around the city. Like that's like... The, the energy rains down on the city and then things get powered. But the soul geyser, yes. <laughs> okay, but here's here's the... Okay, so here's then is the mystique, right? Here's like the world as a large thing, right? This is far off in the future. This is the setting for friends, cyberpunk in space. The technology of the soul geyser, what it originally was, is as settlements were thrown far out into the dark reaches of the galaxy, the soul geyser was like a way for like the elderly to keep their civilizations alive, right? Um, so I'm imagining like floating bubble cities in space. They're not even on planets. Like these are just okay. off in space and they have to keep themselves running forever, right? So when an old person would feed themselves into the soul geyser. At first it would be like one person who was like 70 would make this like sacrifice. It was a celebration. Yeah. There's like a whole it festival a thing deal. around it. It's like, like a yeah, big there deal. Was. There was. Yes. Right. Now it's secret. It was like, a, it's a momentous thing. Right. Um, and you know, like they'd wear robes. There's all this pageantry, you know, they're crying family. It's very emotional. And as they get fed into the soul geyser, it, you know, erupts in power. And then it, flows through the city through like neon pipes and tubes you know like the soul energy that is like i would vote blue yes i was only thinking so it's like these yeah so like these bright blue pipes flowing energy to everything right but what that means is as a city begins to lose power as the soul geyser burns out as this person's eternal soul is burnt away into the city the city grows darker and then the only illumination comes from these tubes as people are, you know, 
very carefully like holding on to power and trying not to use too much you know and dang it i made dark souls because what i was gonna say is then you know as you're moving through the city it's like to keep your cybernetics running you're having to like steal like yeah, vague but, remnants see, of the an city old person's soul to feed but them that's into the thing. you so the, to the, keep the, yourself the, running the city like they we're out of time because friends is in new york and it's like this pop in like you know hipsterish place the city never lets it get that bad but there's not enough old people to feed the soul geyser so they are just taking people from their homes well, and that's see, what happens that's to the monica's parents is one of them say, but we just laugh it off like aha there they go to the soul geyser <laughs> sorry that was seinfeld but well, whatever <laughs> but but what works about this then is yes friends is set in uh oh what's the name of the city that's gonna be a riff well, it has, yeah York. it has to be new something I don't know if it has to be something or York something. I kind of like the idea of Paradigm the York. York. There we go. <laughs> Paradigm York yeah. works. Paradigm York. I like it. <laughs> so here's the thing about Paradigm York is the city is a cannibal. <laughs> the world here's is a why. vampire. Do, 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 do. It's, it's the back. largest <laughs> and most extravagant city, yes. right? Which means it absolutely churns through humans to but keep that's it the thing powered. there's so many people going into the city because it's a booming city and you know sometimes some of those people who jump in there plenty they of meat get tossed it directly into the soul geyser <laughs> right so then okay so i i want to i want to propose uh an initial character right um so so can so i can Ross? i really really quick go through some things like that friends have that we need to implement in this so one we'll get let's get to this later but there is like the apartment where they all hang out at and that's like the like the slinky place way bigger than any new york city apartment has ever been but it's the apartment yeah and then across like later in the show across the um hallway um joey and chandler live and that's like their whole thing and um okay so we got the friends apartment and then the other set piece is the coffee shop um central perk yep. of where, where they all hang out and drink coffee and they talk about their problems before going off to their days and at the coffee shop there is a guy who works there named gunther who's like a really weird dude like he's like short blonde hair he's like really weird and off-putting and that's kind of like serves itself as a joke sometimes and then there is um chandler's ex um why am i forgetting her name but she has a really annoying laugh and that's been like a joke so we need to incorporate the coffee shop the apartment the weird coffee shop odor and the weird ex who's just obnoxious and annoying okay i love all of that i want to i want to get to my first character though that i'm feeding into this world all right this is my addition it's ross the necrarchitect or the necrarchitect necrotect that's what it is because he is an architect yes. right no no Ro- no that you're thinking okay. how i met your mother ross was an archaeologist ross was an archaeologist yes. great well now he's an architect but he's not an architect he's a necrotect necrotect not a necrotech a necrotech um insert canned laughter <laughs> oh i should get like here's... laughter tracks to put it here every time we say something dumb just <laughs> his job is to create a as he would call it, his job is to make the soul geyser beautiful and spread its gorgeousness all over the city. You got right? really so close is, to how Ross works. talks. Yeah, that's pretty close. It wasn't an accident. His <laughs> goal is to design like beautiful structures with which the uh, soul geyser distributes its power. So he's basically, you know, like 
controls the aesthetics of the city. Well, okay, really quick. Them, right? So we've kind of talked about the city before. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm very sorry. Um, but like no, you're the good. soul geyser like launches the energy into the air. But I also like the other thing of like you know like I think that it, they do this like that's how the day starts is the soul geyser launches the energy in the air. But I also like the idea of all of the buildings around the area like lighting up like torches. But like with the blue energy, oh. like everything lights up. Very, yeah. But I, I, I like it like that being the morning thing. And so like, you know, as the sun rises or whatever, the soul geyser launches off and then everything's blue and booming. And like, you know, the hover cars that are only powered through the soul geyser, which is why they have to keep going. Because when the soul geyser dies, the cars fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's an episode where like oh there's a power outage episode because every sitcom has a power outage episode and like all the cars fall out of the sky and it's like one of those ha <laughs> like oh man we can't go anywhere because the subway is closed because all the cars fell on top of it. <laughs> I'm just writing this down because I'm gonna have to tell all this to my friend that suggested this later. Or this she could just good. listen to the okay. show. I don't know. I want to keep talking about Ross, whose name needs to be redone. Um, because now what I want him to design, it's very gothic. This is Warhammer 40 K like, style buildings no, or like Chronicles no. of Riddick. Yeah. No, I like oh, it being sleek he, cyber, like cyberpunk, like the no. TVs. I don't like your goth. No, I'm going to veto that. No. Okay, fine. You can, you can veto that, but I want the buildings then to be imposing. You like, can be imposing without he's being like, gothic. I want to make the city beautiful. And then he just like makes something that looks like where the eye of Sauron would sit. So it like looks evil, but he's like this dorky nerd, but his appearance, you know, is like shaved head. So he's a blue lips, super pale, like no hair on his body. He wears like a dark hooded robe that has like glowing blue accents that like feed into his body as he's being like powered <laughs> by the souls of the d elderly and dead, you know, but he's like a giant dork that everyone's like, Oh, what a lovable nerd. You know, he like shuffles into the coffee shop and trips on his robe and falls down. He's like, guys, I got to get these Here's the thing that, I, that, that, that I will say. The only difference I want is give him hair, give him hair because he like Ross has dorky hair. Give him hair. Okay, then he has like a really embarrassing cyber. Yeah, but he haircut. can't just look like the crypt keeper. He needs like like these are like fun. These are like young. fun young singles in the town. We can't have the dude looking like he's going to start a cult and raise the dead to kill everybody. That's kind of what I wanted. Okay, fine. You know what? I'm gonna yes and you yes and, but it's a really bad cyber hair cyberpunk haircut. You know, you've seen you've seen the sides shaved. I've even seen the tops shaved. He's going for the back. Back of the hair, okay. shaved. Top of the hair and the rest of it, super long. Okay. It's straight and up like, like the lead, one singer, oh, lead guitars from um, Billy Dallet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but shaved back yeah. of the head, like down to the skin. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you yeah, that love one. it. But his hood... But oh, it's, you know what? Actually, no, but it's, no, it's definitely going to like... Oh, no, I like the idea of it go sticking over. straight up and his hood sitting on top of that. <laughs> so, so he looks like a clan member. <laughs> oh, never, never mind! But it's a black hood, so I think it's But okay. it doesn't cover his face. It's just like the hood, like, it doesn't even... Like, you put the yeah, hood yeah, on yeah. like rain, but like, yeah. it doesn't really do anything because you're still going to get wet because it's so far above your head. Yeah. yeah, he gets cut. Oh, he, that's like the thing. He gets custom rain. hoods because his hair's so long. And they're just like, just cut your hair, Ross. Put in laugh track here. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah, he's always, like, hitting it on yes. stuff as he, like, walks through doors. He, like, clocks his head. Laugh track there, too. It's like, I told them to make these doors taller in my plans. The doors are tall enough to accommodate majestic hair. That's, yeah, that's Ross. But his name isn't Ross. What's his name? Um, I'm going to hang on. Cyberpunk um, name general. Like, I don't know. What's, like, a name that, like, like kind of sounds like power? Like, or something to do with energy. I like Vault. <laughs> vault. <laughs> Vault Crimsworth? <laughs> I like Vault. Vault, I think, is... His name is Vault. V-A-L-T. Okay, I was going to Vault like V-O-L-T, but whatever. We could put an A in there. Oh, no, I like I like Vault better because it's almost <laughs> Vault, but isn't. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh, that's good. Okay, so... No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, so that's that's one guy. And I also... I, I have an idea for Phoebe. Well, <laughs> Phoebe is one person who has absolutely escaped the soul geyser, like being thrown as a soul geyser on a numerous occasions. Like, like at least a hundred. Yes. Like, like every episode is her trying to get away from being thrown into the soul geyser. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, ha, ha, ha. like, I, hey guys, oh, you wouldn't believe the morning I just had. Oh, they, ca- they, they knocked out my door this day. It's like trying to toss me into the soul geyser again. Laugh track. <laughs> It's like her, like, she has to, like, hide in the shower, yeah. you know, and she can, like, hear them rustling, and she, like, cracks the door open, and their backs are turned, and she's, like, yeah, yeah, and it's just, like, awkwardly like, sidesteps out. As the audience is yeah, laughing, yeah, you know. Howling after, just howling after. <laughs> or she always has to have, like, someone run in and, like, hit something, and then everyone runs out, you know, yeah. or whatever. And I also like the idea, is one of the reasons that they keep doing this is because she doesn't add anything to society. She's like a miscreant. <laughs> like, she like probably sells whatever the futuristic drug is or something. Oh, no, okay, I have that? an idea for this. What it is is that she snorts pure soul geyser <laughs> energy and then thinks she can talk to the dead. <laughs> yes. But she's actually yes. just it, tripping. Yeah, and then she'll, she'll like, do have, like, she kind of like a fortune teller table at the coffee shop or whatever sometimes that's yeah, how she yeah, makes yeah. her money they absolutely want to throw her into the soul geyser but they but they she's evaded it like a million times okay gets high on soul, soul power then says she can talk to the dead <laughs> Makes I, I want to say the soul geyser is the best part of this but like when i first said it you looked at me like i was crazy <laughs> You know, I did, but then I thought about yeah, it and I was like, you know what, we can Well, it's a hilarious juxtaposition, it. like something that exists in like these super dark and gritty things being part of a sitcom is so funny to me. So, like, oh yeah, it's like, oh gosh, Fortune I was late to work because the soul geyser failed again. <laughs> Especially right. the name yeah, soul so like geyser the fr- is so funny. And they're like, gosh, we just got to keep feeding them in, Phoebe, you know? just and it's like, go! Yeah, the- you would help so many people out. But guys... <laughs> But, okay, I have an idea for Joey, too. You want to hear yes. my Joey idea? It's pretty solid. Joey is, like, a middling, like, not high, but not low, like, enforcer, like, police enforcer, or, like, you know, whatever, like, the imperial, yeah. the, like, the imperial soldier guard, is that's yeah. in the city. And, like, his job is feeding people into the soul geyser. <laughs> he, he, so, so, like, so, they, so him and... Phoebe, like in the show, are like really close friends. And how they became friends is he was gonna feed her into the soul geyser, but then she like yeah so, like did some so, some soul juice and like talk quote unquote talked to his dead mother and like they became really good friends because yeah it was compl- so he thinks she can actually yeah, do but it. They're like really good friends and like 
he doesn't want to be an imperial because Joey in the show is like an actor is like really bad actor, but like um, so he doesn't want to be imperial guard. He does want to be like either like an actor or a poet or something of the media arts, and like that's like the um imperial imperial guard by day and then like bad entertainer by night. Yeah. Oh, that's how she did it too. She's so Phoebe is like. Um, no, it wasn't his dead mother. It was the fact that she snorted the stuff victim. and like pretended like, oh, she saw his future as being like a like big heavy hitter in the arts or something. What's your idea? What it is. So Joey is a captain of the geyser. <laughs> he knows he has to feed people into the geyser to keep it running. He is like, this is my duty. His grandma gets old. She gets fed into the geyser. And then he asks Phoebe, who he like knows is like, Okay, so like criminals occasionally are yeah, fed into yeah, the guys, right? Like yeah. you, you, it's like you show up one too many times at the Imperial Station, and they're like, "Guess what? You're getting the geyser, and we're not going to say nothing yeah, about yeah. it." You know, <laughs> yo, you're getting the um, geyser. So he, she was like on the docket, but he knew what she was famous for is snorting the soul power and then saying that she could talk to the yeah. dead, right? So Grandma gets fed in. He goes to her. She's like next on the chopping block, and he's like, "Look, can you do this for me? And I'll let you go." Um, so she snorts it and knows that he wants to be an artist. Like she like found out out about him and then just pretends that she's like, your grandma says you can make it in the arts. She says it's your destiny. She knows that before you're fed into the geyser yourself, you need to make it as an actor. So he's like the best. He's really good. He's like a, he's like a skull breaker, right? He's like a tough guy, but he wants to be an actor. So now he's the one that's constantly getting Phoebe out of jams because he believes she can actually do it. So when the guards show up at her house, he's the one that like calls in a fake call or is like, come on guys, she's not here. We got to find somebody, you know, and they like run off. He always does it like way too, because it's a comedy. He always does it like way too over the top of like the, like it looks real dumb, but everybody somehow always falls for it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's not like, he's always over at, cause he thinks he's a good actor. But he's horrible at it. Oh, but he's horrible yeah. at it. So when he's like pretending to like get her like free, like he's doing it really dumb, but like also all the guards under him are like dumb meatheads and they always believe it. And he and that's another thing that makes him think he's a great actor. He's like, Yeah, if you keep doing this, you'll become the greatest actor ever because you have to use your acting skills for work. There we go. So my idea too, like the beginning of the show, you know how there's like they always do like they're, you like see them in their everyday life and they look at the camera and make a stupid yeah. face as something bam, funny bam, is bam, happening, bam, you know? Yeah, so at the beginning of the show, every time the show starts, it like cuts to Ross at work and he's comedically struggling to cram an old vagrant <laughs> into the soul guys. It's, like, it's, it's just playing like the intro theme music to friends as he's like kicking <laughs> I and struggling this guy He's getting slapped in the face then finally he like starts to feed the guy in and you see him like getting slurped into non-existence as he's pushed further into the geyser and then finally he like shoves him all the in and then he like huh, like sighs and like leans against the soul and then looks at the camera like wiping his brow as he stares right at the camera yeah that's joey's intro just every week to set the tone for the show <laughs> grisly murder of a vulnerable person oh god that's hilarious okay so really quick yeah. before we get back to that so their hangout place is this like coffee shop but like Things are like soul juice. It's like cyberpunk. It can't just be like a normal coffee shop. So what's their hangout spot? Like, what are they doing? Like, like they all have to meet at this place. It's got to be like some sort of like 
energy rejuvenating thing, but they all hang out at this place. So, like, what's happening here? Okay, um, I have a few ideas. Some of so, them so, weirder so one, than others. I think, really quick, you said a few ideas, and I got one. And this can be a throwaway, but like you know, in Ghost and Shell, they like can plug into the internet or whatever, and like, like talk and whatever. Like they have the, the like mm-hmm. wires on the back of their head, like Matrix esque style thing. So I like I like the idea of that's how they because like, they have like the cybernetic enhancements or whatever that are powered off of soul juice. So they go to that to like recharge. So that's like their coffee. Okay. I, I don't love that idea, but I like okay. part of it. What I do love is the idea of, okay, so they all have, like, I don't want to call them jack phones. Maybe, yeah, they all have Wait, phone so, jacks. So they, so they all are, go to this place to jack off. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Look, they all have phone jacks, which are a thing in the back of their neck that you, like, have a big spike, you know? And then there's, like, a device attached to it. You slam it in the back of your neck, and it, like, shoves through your spine and connects directly to your brain. And that's, like, your cell phone. So the the one episode of Friends that I remember, I think Ross gets a new laptop and is bragging about it, you know? And he's like, oh, it can do all these things. Then they're like, what are you going to do with your laptop that has, like, I think he said it had 512 megabytes <laughs> of, like, hard disk storage Ooh. or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to edit spreadsheets, you know? So... I want to combine this with two things. One, Ross is always, like, getting better uh, phone jacks. So he's getting, like, larger spikes that are, like, more serrated, you know? And, like, the device is larger and uses more powers. He's cramming these. And, like, every time he does it, it's really brutal. So as he's sticking it, it's like, ah! And it, like, pops What's the game of one of these, um... On, on one of these build a world ones that we do is we went straight to body horror. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this this definitely has to be, you know. But he like gets one that is like this one lets you feel things too, and it's like he's slamming it in, and the whole time they're like making awkward jokes about like, is this a porn thing? Is this a porn thing for you? But they won't just like say yes. that like, oh, did you get a new girlfriend? Your new your new phone jack, huh? And he's like, no, guys, it's just so that I can feel my work better. And they're like, sure, is that what she says when you're at yeah, work perfect i'm, gl- I'm glad again you brought it back around jack. to comedy perfect yeah yeah it's it's like the whole time like that's the running gags he gets that that's like an entire episode he gets this new phone he's bragging about all of its features and one of it is like it's new haptic response they just all give him crap about that the whole time and he's like all awkward okay so and what, what about is it, you know? the bar that they well coffee shop that they hang out at Okay, so I'm struggling with that still because, like, in cyberpunk fashion, it'd be like a like a dingy bar, but that doesn't no, feel right. It's got to be. Like, it needs to one, be. I feel like there's gonna be the scene because you know they always do like the establishing shot where they like show the front of the coffee shop and it's like the central perk and it's like they, everything else needs to be run down and look like trash. But the coffee shop has to like be like kind of like um you know in Cloud Atlas where like those underground restaurants and they looked like really nice and like um yeah. shrinky. It's it's that style where it's like really like really beautiful looking place on the inside where it looks like they have like have, the blue sky idea. and like the sun in the background of like on the walls where it's like this digital like you know atmosphere that they have. It's like that. I have a perfect idea for it. You ready? Here we go. It's um. Basically, they go to a dark closet. It's like this tiny little underground room, low ceilings, almost no lights. And they slide into like the Matrix gel pods and get all hooked up with tubes. Then they go to like a VR cafe 
and they all pretend to eat, you know, because there's like no food in this world. They're all basically starving. They're just fed on soul energy and they go to this world to pretend to eat food. So they're like, wow, this program tastes great. And they like take bites and it like cuts out a little bite mark as I like. So I, and it makes like a little I, bite I, animation I like that the they can do. like the idea of that. Like, but here, here's the caveat that I'll give you. That's never referenced to once until the last episode, where like he's establishing, oh, so you never establishing know. Zeus out, and they're all like in the gel pods, just like kind of like drooling a little bit, and it's like, oh yeah, this happy, fun, fun, happy-go-lucky, like really cool-looking coffee shop yeah. was actually in their minds this entire time. <laughs> well, and you could you could do it like really like because it's a sitcom, so they never show them yes, leaving exactly. the building because it's a and the establishing stage. shot is so- just how it looks in the digital world. Yeah, so like what it would be though is is they would seem totally out of place because it would look exactly like a beautiful coffee shop in New York in 1999 yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, these cute little tables and it's kind of crowded, you know, and everyone's wearing like nice just like button downs and like khakis or whatever, you know, like their standard Starbucks uniform. And then it's like a like creepy necromancer is sitting there and this scary fortune teller lady who's like basically a drug addict and like a guy in giant armor with a hammer whose job it is to feed people into the soul geyser <laughs> and they're all like sitting on these tiny little chairs like laughing well, and having no, a good no, time it, and they just it's, never it's a, explain it's a, it's how a they're there and there's like a table in front with like magazines on it and oh like, yeah but i also like the idea because <laughs> so we have to have cyberpunk in there somewhere but i like the idea like in the cloud atlas like room where it was just like a white room but then like there was like the digital display of like a sunshine like you know like a really cool outdoors thing yeah it, it looks look beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. and there's like yeah. yeah it looks great and it's like it's really swanky and like really really cool place but it's just all in their minds so we so we have that. And I like the idea throughout the se- throughout the series they drop hints that there's something weird about this place, you know, like I don't know if it's maybe they just like refer elsewhere in the show that they're like that there's always food shortages or that like you could never get clean drinking water or that like you never turn on lights when you don't need to. And this place just breaks all the rules of the established thing. So they like or while you're in there it's like the people in the background do the same walk animation every yes. time. So, like, well, you know, they're doing well, their so little... Well, so the thing is, we said the city itself is, like, using con- constant soul fuel. So the city is, like, super powered and, like, it's nice. But I like... Because you're like, oh, yeah, well, this place, like, you know, you don't have enough power and stuff. I like the idea of that this place is in the slums. Because it's the only place where they could have a coffee yeah. shop like this. Because all the other stuff is for energy for more important means. But, like, this is the slums. So, so it's like... You know it's the slums. Like, the idea, like I said, where it's, like, all the shops of the establishing shop except for the coffee shop are run down. I, I like that idea still. But it is the slums because that's the place that they can afford because everything's super expensive elsewhere. Yeah. And here's the here's the other great thing. Gunter. Yeah, yeah. Gunther yeah, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Coffee. He's, he's, a, he's an AI that's on the fritz all the time because this place is cheap. So, like, sometimes you'll walk in and he'll just be standing there like... <laughs> With, like, a coffee just in his hand, and then, like, what's wrong with Gunther today? And they're like, he's just being weird today, you know? Or they'll walk in, and they'll he'll just say the same thing, like, hey, guys, how you doing? And then they order their coffee, and he's like, hey, guys, how you doing? And he's, like, the thing that hints at you that there's something weird going on here, you I know? I we're, like, slowly capturing like all of, like, the sci-fi thriller stuff in this. Like, the soul guys are being the thing. That, oh, yes, like, like, um... 
what was it? Snowpiercer. They're all eating bugs and his children that are like fixing the engine. But the soul geyser is like fed off of like people being tossed into it. We got the like, oh, the illusion of like things being good. But the coffee shop is just this like dumpy like vr thing in the middle of the slums because that's the only place that they can afford to have like a good drink or whatever because so like the the city is like really hyper power it's like the place where everybody can go but like but like new york if you're not making enough to live places you're not going to be living in a giant apartment and stuff you're gonna be like on the fritz always well and i like this idea so i think because we need to fill out the rest of our characters here a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get there so like um ross i kind of like the idea that he's like a little bit like slumming it you know like he could be living in a nicer yeah, area and that's why he's a pretentious douche because but he he's like over everybody's head for some reason he's not like they never quite explain i think it's that him and what are him and joey friends or him and i think him, him and chandler and are friends yeah or well yeah you just, Ross is just the weird one. Let's just say that. Oh, he's just like the odd man out. Okay, no, they never explain why it is then, but he's like way <laughs> he, too high. Well, for no, because he because he lo- he's in love with Rachel, and Ro- Ross is uh, Monica's brother. That's why he's part of the group. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But so he's now in love with Rachel. That's why Monica he's Monica I, is Ross's sister. Who? I, what was her thing, whole deal in the show? Was she like a businesswoman or something? I don't remember. No, she was a chef. She was she was a chef. And so we said, like, for the slums, the people slumming it, like, the people, you know, like, Monica eats people, I think. She's a cannibal. I was going to say she cooks people, but perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's like like, she cooks all these beautiful meals. And, like, the whole time, like, she's this really good chef, like, aspiring chef to, like, you know, make it to the top. But the only materials that she's had to cook with and has to, like, practice with are people. Yeah. So she's really highly paid, but she has to stay here. To find victims. Really quick, the soul guys are just drains the people of their life energy, right? Yeah. The all the bodies are then shipped out to the slums and stuff to feed the people. Soylent Green is people. Yep, and Monica, like no, none of the other friends know that, that that happens. Monica's the only one who knows because she has like cut up for the face. Like, yeah, so she's yeah, the so only she's one like who knows the face that. of this. Oh yeah, you work at this like you like last season she works at this like five star restaurant like Michelin star whatever and like they're eating food it all looks great and then like but you have seen throughout the series that she's just chopping like. You'll see it like very subtly, like she'll pull like a hand out and just start cutting it up. Like pieces. I do like that being one of those things that you like never know for sure. As she like makes vague allusions to the fact that she's serving. Okay, I do. I do disagree with you on one thing. So I think oh, that she I, is my only job. I just want to serve people. Yeah, <laughs> I think that she is a like a line cook at a very fancy restaurant, and I think that rich people eat people. Poor people eat like whatever gru- like industrial gruel they can make. I think the rich people eat people. Every no, everybody eats people. The rich people eat like the cuts of meat from it. Uh, the poor people eat like the entrails bone. and stuff. Yeah, and, like bone marrow, and entrails, the stomach lightings and stuff like that. Yeah, I like that. So <laughs> she's there, like so. Yeah, you just like cut to her, like very finely cutting meat. As but you know it's but pretty it's like typical, clearly though. shaped like a liver. <laughs> it's like a yeah. liver. Well, and it's and or maybe it's one of those things where they just talk about how like well, there's no sources of meat anywhere on here. It's not like we have farms cut to her like slicing meat off a bone, <laughs> and it's like 
where did you get that? She's like, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, it's like, oh no, it's all artificial. They they like make it in a lab and they should just, so they ship yeah. it out because it looks like you know it looks like normal people laugh trap. <laughs> <laughs> it it is typical though, like you know, like being a chef is not necessarily, especially if you don't like are not an owner of the restaurant. Being a chef is not a highly paid job, so no. it makes sense that she's like considered an artist, but is pretty poor. That's why she lives in this bad. Yeah, neighborhood. that's why she lives in the bad neighborhood. And then her brother comes to see her, made friends with all of them. That's perfect. So now yeah, we need perfect. to figure out what to do with Rachel. Uh, what was Rachel's whole shtick too? Rachel is to be an actress. What was she trying to do? Huh. I don't like, energetic and playful. She's caring and loyal. Oh, she's a fashionista. Fa- yeah. Okay. Perfect. See, um, it's very easy because we could just reflect real life. She's a fashionista, but she can't make it big because she doesn't have like she doesn't have a rich upbringing or like have um like you know she's not a celebrity like artist or anything. So all of her designs just get put on poor homeless people and Phoebe. Ah uh, man, miscreant. I don't know. I'm trying to decide. There's like a lot of things we could do. But I want it to stay fun for the characters. Cause like nothing none of the ideas that we said have been fun or good. It's but all they been kind of are. It's, like one person's a cannibal chef, the other guy is a freaking Imperial Guard. The only person who's actually fun is Phoebe, the freaking um fortune teller um who's a drug addict. Yeah, yeah that's fun. No, no, the for, but she's a she's a fortune teller mentalist type who's just snorts drugs. It's just getting high on straight energy. Get, getting high off of people's souls. Because that's like, fun. You could, oh, you know what does kind of work for Rachel, though? Soul gather. Is she could, well, no. Caring and loyal. Trends her appearance. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. You know, I think it was the Aquila Rift in um, Love, Death, and Robots. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is, like, beautiful woman who, like, he see- meets on the space station. I had met her long before, but she turns out to be, like, a horrifying spider monster at the end. Yeah. I like the idea of Rachel being, like, a... Um, a like virtual reality like her appearance is like virtual so they've never seen her outside at work but she's like actually like this like gross like deformed creature based because she like had absorbed too much um soul energy i i have i have i have a yes and on that okay she she is she is an alien or no she's like a spider that got dosed with soul energy and became sentient and then (laughs) got a jack phone and so they like have never seen her this would be she always leaves the cafe first because oh yeah i have to go um i have a design for this whatever but she's actually just has the yeah because she's a gross like giant humanoid spider who got dosed of soul energy yeah because, yeah, like, yeah. Soul she's energy definitely a giant souls and that like made yeah. her part human because it was someone's soul yeah and she just wants to be a human she's like the nicest person ever in real life too yeah. like she's so this is this is perfect actually. So Rachel, hang on, I need to write this down. Rachel, totally <laughs> actually. a good person, but is a monster and only sees them in VR. Oh, and that could be one of the episodes where like uh what's his name? I'm not going to rename all the characters. Uh, Joey is yeah. trying to go is, is like tasked with going and finding this monster that's been plaguing the city and it's just Rachel and so he's like complaining about it he's like man we've been getting all these reports of this monster that's like eating out of trash cans and stealing fabric and we can't find it and we don't know what it is but supposedly everyone's cats have been going missing and 
um, like this monster is getting blamed for all these crimes. So like throughout the show, um, Joey is always chasing down this criminal, and every time he brings it up, you just see like Rachel getting like really awkward. Like, yeah, oh wow, that's look, weird. I had to go to work. How about yeah, and probably you should check over there. You know, and she's she's just constantly feeding him lies. I like that she does the feeding him chasing. lies in the same style that he feeds all of the other Imperial Guards lies about Phoebe. I like right, that idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just like like, but he can never tell. But she does it better because she's a better actor than him, and I think it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely an uh, an episode where they all meet her and are like, "Oh my gosh, it's a monster!" Then run away, and they're like, "Man, you're really lucky. You missed out on this one. It was terrifying, you know." <laughs> but I like the idea that a lot of their socialization is in VR, so that way she basically is just like never missing out. She just doesn't. They just never see her at work, you know. Yeah, yeah. Never. Yeah, yeah. She's just a giant gross. I also like the idea who that Ross is a uh, vault is in love with, but doesn't know she's a gross humanoid spider. Oh, that would be perfect too. Is that like that's the end of the show? Is they like finally get married and then they get like married in VR? You know, and I was like, oh well, let's go to the honeymoon. And then I walk out and he looks inside. And it's a laugh track the whole time. He looks inside. It's just like disgusting spider monster with like has like partly human face and like hair, but it's just disgusting. And he looks like. Huh, and then it cuts to black. Yeah, just he goes, huh, cuts to black immediately. Yeah, yeah. And but she like definitely does like love him. She's planning on spending her life with him, you know. It's like a very, yeah, but probably mostly. <laughs> I like this. Okay, so we have one more, and that's uh, that's uh, Chandler. He's is, a what is Chandler he, he, in he's the a, show? He's a funny guy, but I like the idea that he's but what just does a he do? I don't know. I'm gonna say he's a failed stand up comedian. In ours, he's going to be a failed stand-up comedian. Chandler. The reason that he fails at stand-up comedy is because the world is so abysmally broken. They're feeding people to the Soul Geyser daily. No one has time to laugh. (laughs) He's a statistical analyst. Failed stand-up comedian. Exactly what I said. (laughs) And data reconfiguration. Oh, but he hates his job. He wants to be oh, a uh, he okay. wants to be a stand-up comedian, but his job is that he helps run, like you know, does like the logistical stuff for the city. Like he's in, he's in, like basically, you know how every sci-fi place has like that weird server room that's just all wires and stuff. Like think Ghost of the Shell, but worse. It's he works in that. He I have never an sees idea. the light of day ever. <laughs> except I have for an saying, idea. What? So he does handle the logistics of the city and this is how his day goes right so he wakes up has coffee with his friends in this vr world right then he like walks down the street to this like giant like just cinder block building just like uh, just a square block and he goes into like this server farm and it's totally empty of humans right mm-hmm. and then he goes to like one chair and he pops out his jack phone and he takes this like a similar thing but it's just like an interface to this massive wall of servers slaps it in his neck and what's instantly dumped into his brain is the full knowledge of how many bodies they have to feed into the soul geyser and how quickly and how much like sacrifice and internal feeding there has to be to keep this city running and that reality is so horrifying that basically every day he goes there is an existential crisis as he f- moves the numbers around to figure out how to keep the city running, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, every day he hits save, wipe my local memory, deletes <sighs> his memory of it, pulls the thing out, 
pops his phone in and is like, what a fun day, guys. Man, that water cooler. And he just like fills in like fake <laughs> corporate life. Jeez. Like just like he just we, sits there filling out spreadsheets about widgets. For every character in yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality is, is his brain that he deletes every day so he doesn't have to remember is the one that's deciding who gets fed into the soul guys or like how many street urchins have to get fed into days like well children's souls well, he, do so he, much he more constantly gets so, deleted so every day he goes in there and has to decide that phoebe's one of the ones that gets yeah, yeah yeah so he doesn't know how <laughs> so, many times he sends yeah, so, phoebe to so death that's a, like one of the reasons she's a miscreant but the other reason because he keeps forgetting he's having to feed yeah, phoebe so, and then listens to her struggles about oh man they tried to get me again and it's like oh yeah hopefully that doesn't happen tomorrow and then he presses a button the next day it's like oh. well and every time he plugs in and he's basically a, he's basically two people there's like joey hooked up to the the servers and joey not hooked up so joey not hooked up he's like phoebe's great she's a really good friend she's just a little quirky then he claps in this thing to remember what he has to do to keep the city running and he's like phoebe is my nemesis and she will be mine she must be fed into the geyser she's a laugh track yeah and then he pops it out and he's like phoebe is such a good friend so it's like half the day he's like phoebe's a good friend the other half of the day he's trying to kill phoebe so yeah you like cut to him like he's like eyes red like screaming as he's like sending people after phoebe and she just like keeps eluding capture you know yeah i, I mean as i love do, it yeah 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 um he is going to eat her soul one day but whatever <sighs> you know maybe one day he like doesn't delete his memory and then it like the two halves of emerge and he's like ah my friend i must kill her that oh could God, be an episode. You, yeah, that's the final episode of him killing himself. <laughs> I think no, I think I think that would just be like a middle season, like season four, episode ten. He forgets to delete his memory, and then they have to like get him back in the chair and delete his memory. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> surprisingly, like, for some reason, Rachel just isn't there, and no one knows. <laughs> and like, hey, Rachel, why do you never like help us move, or you don't like come back to the apartment? You're always just at the coffee that shop. That can be something like, that they always you, give her grief about, is that she's like, you know, you've never helped us move a couch. And she's like, well, I'm always so busy. Works at the coffee shop. <laughs> and that's it's like, I'm just, always just here working on my designs and stuff, you know, so yeah, I just don't have time. Yeah, or, you she know, does like her, She does her work at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has like a broken leg, you know. She's like, oh man, it's in a cast. I can't help you guys move Yeah, but couch. really her leg is like a twisted, malformed leg that just doesn't work because she's, well, she's an like ancient a giant spider, spider monster. Demon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why did I say ancient spider demon? She was just a poor. She spider could be really fish. ancient. I kind of like that idea too that she's been alive forever, <laughs> I, just like I living on the underside the of the city. Like ah! I, I have seen a thousand years go by, and all of it has been horrors. So I decided just to hang out with some friends at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this. Uh, I like I like that idea. <laughs> it's like yeah, ancient spider monster. Like like yeah like. Because, like, you know, soul energy has always been around, and she, like, got a dose of it, like, thousands of years. Because yeah, let's say the early city on. is, like, thousands of years old. And she got it early on, and she has been, like, living and hiding. Once, to, like, you know, has seen the horrors of millions and billions of people get fed into the soul geyser. And has seen the, like, society fall apart and rise up again. And, like, the people who, like, control this city, which are, like, this weird council that is just a bunch of brains in jars that feeds into one machine that tells people the laws that's canon um she has seen the horrors of all this and just wants to have like a normal life as a human and that's why she goes to the coffee shop and meets the i'm just hearing the song no place like london from sweeney todd (laughs) 
you know it's basically that yeah 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 no but i, I just like the ideas like yeah because the, the ones who control the society i think are like the brains of like the people who originally created the society oh, and so they're but, the, but they're all like connected to these cables and feed into like the one mainframe thing and that's yeah <laughs> that's where like all the laws and all the like like morals come from is from the like br- let's call it the brain tube Ooh, the brain tube i like yeah that. yeah That's soul nice. guys are brain tube yeah 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 let's, let's get this shit going perfect <laughs> i'm enjoying this i'm enjoying this is, this, this is one of our most like you always talk about how like sad and dismal the things i make are like this is so upsetting but it's hilarious. Yeah, but it'd be, but it'd all be played for laughs. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm thing. like it imagining like it's dingy and terrible, but it's hilarious. Well, but you have to imagine these costumes on a TV show sitcom budget. You know what I mean? So like Joey comes in, he has like a giant hammer. You know, that's like covered in blood, well, you, but you it's know, like you really know the gravity looking. hammer from Halo from the Halo series. The big gravity yeah. hammer. It's one of those. It's this it's giant like, like this yeah, it like looks club. like that. But it's, like, very clearly made of foam rubber, and it has, like, spray-painted red on it, you know? And his armor's, like, big and stupid-looking. It's like he's in boxes as he shuffles in and sits um, down, you know? You know the Havel Knight armor from Dark Souls? It's that. Yeah. It's this yeah. giant, like, yeah, the freaking Like, all armor. this stuff looks like Joey, or not Joey, uh, Ross is clearly wearing, like, a big stupid wig, you know, that, like, his hood doesn't fit over. He He's wearing... <laughs> I just like the idea of just like he's basically dressed in monk robes, but they look like a cyberpunk nightmare man. Yeah, because it has like all the blue tubes in it and stuff, and, and they're always and they're always here. pulsing. They they're always, always pulsing. like everything is always <laughs> pulsing. So much pulsing. I also like the idea. So we talked about how the city is like you know there's like big, like the the main part of the city, not the slums, because I feel like yeah, I feel like it's done in two levels where like the buildings. From like a certain height and up are like shiny, like mirror, like all mirror oh, faces like shiny. There's like beautiful. an undercity, and, like, and then the and then like from down low is the slums, and like the people, the hover cars are all the rich people going places, and they never see, look down and see what's down there. <laughs> yeah, because like breathing the air messes with you. You know, it's all poison down yeah, there and everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a, Full of spider monsters, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the. <laughs> the ancient souls of the dead like still haunt because sometimes there's a there's there's a leak in the soul geyser like the pipes that send out the energy so sometimes you get like a horrifying haunting like the the splits and ghosts i don't think the air is poison but i think there is like a blue haze over the city and like sometimes that forms into a ghost monster and they just like so they're at the coffee shop and then they hear like screaming outside like okay joey picks up his hammer it's like okay gotta go handle another ethereal demon bye yeah in the background you see him like swinging the hammer at this like giant ghost monster well and that would be like the laugh track is joey's like well there's a leak gotta go fight a ghost and ross is like let me get the tape hang on and you see like they both run out yeah like there's a big pipe with a split and he's just like haphazardly throwing duct tape on it like a giant claw reach through and like this huge demon pulls itself and just screams this like guttural scream and like but the laugh tracks play the whole time like like the theme song's like i'll be there for you just well yeah and it like 
<laughs> it like swats Ross and he goes like flying back. It's like, ah, you know, and, like yeah, hits yeah. a wall, but it like, you know, it's Looney Tunes. But I want, what I want it to be is he's like patching with duct tape, you know, as this arm's like trying to like <laughs> slap at him and Ross is hitting it with a hammer and then it like zooms out and you see that like every five feet there's like duct tape patches yeah, yeah, everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. So, oh man. It's like Ross, you could easily live on the above on on the top side of the city and like a sweet in a nice apartment up there. Why don't you? Oh, well, things are more fun down here. And like, yeah, there's yeah. like like ethereal ghost demons and stuff. Or you know what it is? Is Ross got demoted and that's why he's doing maintenance now because ah. he screwed something up and now he has to live here. Um, but then eventually he like gets promoted back. He like does a good enough job or whatever. But he decides to stay living with his friends because he so, loves so I like them the, so I like much. The, I like the idea of so this place is like New York. So there's like hot dog, quote unquote hot dog stands. But those are, those are just human penises <laughs> that they're feeding hot dog stands. But like like Ross is upset one day because he goes to get like his favorite hot dog at the like favorite vendor. But he's talking to the guy and it just like a, an ethereal blade just bursts through this dude's chest as he's murdered by a ghost. So like, Joey, <laughs> and he gets really mad at Joey because Joey's supposed to be the one like taking down these things in his like spare time when he's not feeding people to the soul geyser because that's part of the <laughs> Imperial Guard. And they have a huge argument. It's like, and then finally they come to say, it's like, no, your job is harder than I thought it was. And I'm sorry I got so mad when my hot dog vendor got split in half by a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just want them to like never they're like never sad. You no, know what no. I mean? like not there's really. not even there's never a very special episode. They're always it's always funny. It's always well, funny. And you know what it is, is they do get really sad and really angry and they'll be crying, but only over like interpersonal disputes. Like you did not yeah. come to my acting thing. Like Joey's like crying because like none of his friends showed up. Yeah, because Rachel first didn't ever, show like, up. He really wanted his friend Rachel to. Rachel never comes to things and he's so upset. Yeah, and he's like crying and then they hug at the end. They're like, we know we need to support you. It's just everything you do is awful, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but yeah, they, like, yeah. They're really never sad about that. the city. They're never sad about. But the But they city. never acknowledge the backdrop. But, like, yeah, the, the the fact that they live in the slums of the cyberpunk world, where like above, right, right above them, everything's like sleek and mirror edge, and like the sun reflects off things, and and yeah, and no, Phoebe is the hippie type, so she's like, why can't we just use solar power rather than the power of souls? And then like that's an episode where she gets mad that her friends like like don't like support her like protests yeah. against soul power, but they're like, we all work in soul power. We can't give this up. Oh, I think one of them, maybe Phoebe, needs to definitely be in love with the the AI bartender that's a glitching mess. <laughs> oh, he's just so charming. Well, like he's he gets so stuck charming. on a loop where he just says, "You look nice today," and that's he's just like enough that she falls so in charming. love. Yeah. You know, like wow, he really he sees he, me. he listens me. to me. See, I've been talking to him for hours, and he hasn't even said a word. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like the laugh track is him just like standing there, frozen with a smile on his face. It's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just like talking to him. For I think we made like a great like adult swim like late night horror. Yeah, show. I mean this is this is a solid show. Yeah, <laughs> I think we did really it. Good show. I hate the fact that like 
the two biggest jokes I had, and it's turned out to be like integral parts of this episode. One, making remaking Friends, and two, the Soul Geyser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like the minute you said Friends, I was like, yeah, that's freaking perfect. Because <laughs> I I didn't know I didn't have an idea coming in because all of my ideas were really lame. Like I was like, like we could do Frankenstein in space. Like well, stupid. That, but that was like the first time when you said that to me. It's like the only thing passing my mind are all like dumb jokes. Like, like friends and like like sitcoms. I even thought of like instead of like making something sci-fi fantasy, just turning it like like taking Futurama, just turning it into a regular show. But then that's just The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like all of my ideas were like just like like oh yeah, the X Men. <laughs> like who cares? No, I like- will say that the aesthetic I wanted to go for was Chronicles of Riddick, so we did nail that. Um, we, we, yeah, but I also like the like normal like cyberpunk where everything's sleek and cool, and there's these cybernetic enhancements. I like and the stuff. that it's like a cutoff, you know, yeah. like there's like well, the like, blue yeah. haze, and it's like a it's line, like the, let's say like know? the first like four or five stories of the city are slums, and then right above it, sleek again. Because oh, and it that used could to be always like sleek, but then they just out. let it fall. Yeah, is it like the camera? Like when it starts up, it's like you just see beautiful city, and then the songs start, and it just like drops <laughs> into hell, and you just <laughs> and you just see, yeah, and it like drops into the soul geyser, and it's Ross kicking a person in. You know, I like it. It starts with the normal um friend's name, and then they drop it to a minor key. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's actually a thing. Like, friends in minor, because it's hilarious. I like the idea, too, of, like, they all have the funny thing where they, like, do something and then look at the camera and smile or, like, oh, we're so tired. I think that, uh, what's his name? Joey is, no, not Joey. Um, Chandler, right? Who's the one that his brain is responsible for killing all the people and like yeah. doing the logistics Chandler. to kill all the people. Ch- you kill, you kill just see are. him on his knees in a dark room screaming, but it's like silent with fun music playing. Cause he's just like, ah! just like just wailing. Uh, also like the idea, uh, like for some reason, like there's like light, like shooting out of his eyes while that's happening. It's yeah. like very horrifying, but it's just the over that the whole time. You can just hear a there's just numbers flying around him and like light shining out of his eyes and he's screaming oh god that's so funny it's perfect it's perfect we made made one of this is one of my favorite worlds we've done on these because just the idea of like this happy sitcom set in like basically hell it's very good good job Cody for creating creating the netherworld with me i gotta say like caitlin for you know shout out to caitlin no she doesn't get a shout out i'm deleting this she definitely does this was her this was her suggestion for a prompt and this yielded a really funny world okay caitlin if you've actually listened to this episode if you made it this far into it send me a dm on um on discord or we're never ever doing a suggestion you say again because you don't listen to our show what i'm gonna do is tell her that and then just get her to dm you okay <laughs> actually in episode description i'm going to put a number that you need to dm me if i don't get that number then i know that you don't listen to this show. so please yeah I'm, I'm i'm going to do it i'm not this is not a joke i'm going to put a number at the front of the description 
you're turning into Ron Swanson's will. Like, what are all these <laughs> symbols, Ron? Like, the person that kills me will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, Caitlin. So if you can kill me, you'll know exactly what those numbers mean. <laughs> Jordan, why did you put a code in the episode notes? Then you don't know what the code is for. Like, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm not joking, Caitlin. This is your job, so Cody's not going to know unless he also remembers to look at the episode description. And we all know he's not going to. That's probably true. <laughs> That's actually, 100% yeah. true. Can the name of this episode be Soul Geyser? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Cody, yes, duh. It's e- it was either going to be Soul Geyser or Nightmare Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Spider. <laughs> but I think we've already done Nightmare Spider, maybe. I don't know. We've, we've talked about Nightmares a lot. There's been a lot. Yeah. 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 We're lot. all like almost 340. <laughs> we, are, we are almost all 340. Not 340, 140. Wow. Episode 140, Cody. This is my longest podcast that I've ever done. Yeah, Mostly because it's uh, the first one I've ever done. I don't know if technically I have more episodes of Wandering Gamer Network or this, because I think we've been more consistent. I think total with this. of Wandering Gamer, all of your things together, maybe you're gonna be close, if not over. Yeah, they have to be. I think I did 70 episodes of Outlaws One at a Yeah, lot. yeah, then clearly, yeah, no. But this <laughs> consistently running. If you see, but if you count each thing as it's a separate like series this is the longest running thing. yeah i mean i i yeah i don't know who cares anyways cody is there anything else you want to add on to nightmare friends no no the only other thing i would say is that children's souls make a lot more power yeah obviously that's that was my original idea you looked at me weird it was like children and the innocent (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean see but then like who do who is innocent in this world that's for that's you know who has to figure that out chandler (laughs) <laughs> that's what he spends that's why he's on his knees screaming as he does the math to go like i could feed one innocent child and it would save a hundred vagrants like <laughs> and and that, but that's why he's at but that's that's part of the reason he's after phoebe is because despite her being a miscreant deep down her soul is pure no you know what it is is she snorted so much soul energy that she's like a battery she has like a hundred souls in her and she's like she's garbage and she's it's like when you look at like a cost benefit analysis it's like her benefit is zero her cost is incredibly high like she and and you know what it is is like you know what i mean it's like how much do they provide to society how much is their soul worth it's like she provides nothing and her soul is worth infinite because she's stolen so much soul energy. <sighs> her shoes, whack. Her hair, whack. Anyways, um, so, Cody, ending the episode, we went way too long. Do you have any plugs? Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network and also on Wandering underscore Gamers on Twitch where I have been streaming SimCity with a friend. It's fun. Same friend. Yeah, with the, the friend, yeah for the friend Caitlin. We're gonna, I'm actually going to do a plug for Caitlin who you can also check out on the Wandering Gamer Network and the Twitch where they do the show um, Painfully Irrelevant or whatever it's called. Aggressively, Aggressively Irrelevant. Aggressively Irrelevant. Excuse you. It's like we're not even friends. We're not even... Friends! Okay, you can check me out at my Twitch 
um, channel, twitch.tv forward slash Sunday Yes Zero Zero, where I do a Wednesday anime talk show with my friend Will. You can also check me out on my other podcast, The Side Characters, where we talk about diversity in nerd culture. And lastly, you can check me out sometimes on um, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Cop on Friday, on the Friday night talk shows, and on um, twitch.tv forward slash Flume on the um, show Chaos Fiction Theater. And that is all we wrote. So, Cody, guess what? Guess what we're going to do? Is that a new outro? No, it's not. Guess what we're going to do, Cody? What are we going to do? We're going to catch them on the flip side. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>